Welcome to Faked, an original podcast highlighting the underground world of counterfeit illegal items around the world and how to spot them. Whether you're traveling the world or buying online, Faked will be your guide. With your host, Joseph Rowan, you'll explore the many ways counterfeiters can pull off disguising everyday consumer items as the genuine good. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Faked. This is going to be an episode that we just kind of sit around and chew the fat. Yes, it is a diet-related um, diet related episode. It's going to be all about fake diets, and I'm pretty excited about that one. So we're going to just jump in there, you know, which might be part of a good diet routine, you know, is to, uh, to do some jumping. But we always like to talk about what makes uh, some of this stuff valuable. Valuable enough to uh, incentivize somebody to fake it. So... Dieting has been around for a while, not just 20, not just 30, not just 40 years. We're talking ancient. So uh, we can look back to cavemen. Uh, However, I don't believe they probably went through the same dieting we did. Um, It was probably more forced since um, when we talk about the lack of agriculture or uh, society in general, we don't have excess you know, maybe we find ourselves killing a a big ox or something, okay? Maybe we have excess then in which we we eat, we store, you know, store the fat on us, and then we lose it because we don't know when that next hunt is. So that kind of, um, you know, we don't really have record of what that looked like, but we do, if you go back to Greeks and Roman times, um, they did let us know how they felt about that. And uh, if you had a healthy body, the Greeks believed it meant you had it meant you had a healthy mind. Um, your body was as healthy and beautiful as a Greek god. So they had semblance of look at these holy creatures. We want to aspire to look like them, even though um, you know they they based that mostly on maybe uh, the perfect uh, you know body muscular content, all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of like a benchmark, kind of a you know the front of a people magazine uh, or whatever the the hot people magazine is I don't know I don't look at magazines but anyways it was basically that and it's uh before photoshop maybe this was photoshop you know carve carve shop so like if somebody was like carving a perfect statue maybe they made the abs a little more chiseled than uh, humanly possible just to give you that uh, oh I want to achieve to get there I think we've always been in that state to where we you know hyperbole about everything everything okay so so back in uh, Greek and Roman times, uh, being fat was not only ugly, it was a sign of mental unbalance, okay? So the Greeks were super into fitness. Um, wealthy people with leisure time would spend eight hours a day working out in a gymnasium, uh, usually naked, which I don't know if that adds to to this, but I uh, figured throw it in there. Uh, they also held a hu- uh, beauty contest for women, so... Nothing's changed that much. Uh, so Hippocrates, a, uh, a Greek physician who lived around 400 BC, believed fat people suffered from an unhealthy sleep, aches, pains, flatulence, and constipation, uh, and recommended that they follow a strict diet including uh, to increase their exercise and the famous vomitoriums. So back then, they had areas if you ate too much, heck, just toss it out, you know, throw it up. So they had vomitoriums in which uh, you were able to, it's basically what we call bulimia now. They 
had that back then. So the ancient Greeks admired ideal bodies, but luckily their ideal uh, was was a little chunkier and more muscular than today's tiny skinny ideal. So that's pretty crazy. I mean, that shows that we've got some sort of look into dietary uh, needs back then. So uh, another one is anorexia marabilis, um, achieving holiness by not eating. This was a few centuries after Christ. So many Christians believe that the physical body was the enemy of the soul. Okay. St. Anthony, St. Augustine, the early uh, Desert Fathers, St. Jerome and St. Basil uh, all struggled with food issues, sometimes starving themselves to be more holy. Okay? Their hallucinations and other bizarre mental, bizarre mental states have been resulted in anorexia marabilis, uh, in slang terms, holy anorexia. So that just kind of shows some of maybe the more dangerous uh, sides of fake diets. So let's continue on. Uh, what are some of these other ones? So William the Conqueror's liquid fast. So the world's first liquid diet appeared around 1066 AD. William the Conqueror grew so fat that he had problems mounting his horse. When he fell off and landed head first, he had to pretend he was kissing the ground in joy. He gave up food and went on a drinking man's diet. All he consumed was alcohol. Think we can see where this one's going. When he finally mounted his horse again, the saddle horn caught in his gut and he died of infection. The diet was not that successful in uh, that he was too big to fit in his coffin. And when priests stuffed him into it, his intestines burst. So pretty overall terrible one there. I think we could probably discredit that one as uh, not a reality or something that anybody would really want to take part of. Uh, let's look into the, the world's first diet book, okay? The Renaissance began around 1500 and attitudes of the Western world became more secular, sexier, and looser. Okay. Nevertheless, it was still considered immoral to be overweight, especially because most people did not have enough to eat. So the round Henry, um, I think like the 13th, was the butt of many jokes. So in 1550, John Hall advised people to eat simply because more die of gluttony than the sword or the plague. So that's, I mean, we're looking at something that affects us today. You know, more people die from heart attacks and um, heart disease and all this kind of stuff than basically anything else. Uh, and then uh, we can look into Renaissance women uh, who wanted to look swim. Uh, they didn't diet, but pulled in their corsets instead. So this was uh, more of a outside source of um, of appearance. So the undergarments bound their breasts as well as their bright waist. So women actually died from straight lacing and their corsets cut into their skin, causing sores that would get infected. So that's huge. You know, we're talking about something that eventually ends up with death um, and just, yeah, no good. So the actual first uh, diet book came out in 1558 and is still in print. Uh, it's Luigi Cornaro was an extremely overweight Italian who had an epiphany when he was around 40 years old. Tired of being overweight, feeling out of control, and unable to have a coitus, he limited himself to 12 ounces of food a day and 14 ounces of wine. Uh, his book, The Art of Living Long, advises others to do the same. Cornaro lived to be almost 100 years old, and towards the end of the li his life, he only ate egg yolks. Okay, so in 1614, uh, Giacomo... Uh, Gastaveltro published The Fruits, Herbs, and Vegetables of Italy, also still in print. Uh, he criticized the English for eating too much uh, meat and sugar and promoted the Italian way of eating fresh vegetables. 
His book was the forerunner to the today's uh, most popular diet, which is a Mediterranean diet, which is something that um, I myself am a firm believer in because it is pretty much everything that's well balanced. You got your, you've got your fat, you got your meat, you've got your, um, you know, your building blocks for brain. You've got all this beautiful uh, vegetables and all this kind of stuff. So that's that's a really big one, which um, we may talk about later, but. In reality, that doesn't fall under the fake uh, diets because that is uh, very much true to uh, Grecian culture today um, or anybody in the Mediterranean, really. So um, let's see. Let's move on. So in 1660, famine swept Europe and people ate hunger-suppressing foods like potatoes. Uh, Starving cartoonists made fun of very fat George, uh, calling him the Prince of Wales in the sense of uh, whales as in uh, like a beluga whale, like the, the uh, mammal. So pretty crazy. Uh, that was uh, just some, I'm, I want to, I want to jump through some of these cause there's a lot of, a lot of, lot to unpack here, but I want to get into some of the more um, modern, you know, diets, but that did show us that even during a time um, when People weren't selling stuff. Maybe they were selling the books, you know, and things like that. But people were just, um, they maybe thought that they had the answer in order to uh, to live longer and to just be an overall better version of yourself. Uh, and which then resulted in like the Olympics and all these kind of things. So let's talk about um, the 19th century, okay, and the beginnings of kind of modern dieting. So in the mid-1800s, the ideal of both masculine and feminine beauty was Thin and romantic, you know, that's just kind of what we have now. So the bad news for overweight people was clothing became form-fitting for both sexes. So back in the day, maybe you had a loincloth that draped, uh, which did not reveal maybe uh, your body shape and things like this. So women's dresses required a thing laced in waist from uh, 1850 to 1920. So men wore tights or breeches with tight-fitting jackets until around the end of the 19th century when looser trousers or pants came in style. So form-fitting clothing and a slim figure uh, as ideal meant fat people were, again, fair game to be ridiculed and called immoral. So one book uh, from 1881 even advised governments to arrest and imprison fat people, which is kind of crazy because, you know, I assumed maybe in the 1800s they didn't feed people super well in prison, so it would actually kind of be a diet plan which is really crappy <laughs> that they basically forced this on people. But, um, yeah, so we talk about, uh, you know, kind of the basic basis of modern dieting, and that is establishing a new ideal form. And that is where we jump into some of these first low-carb diets where we talk about, um, you know, just removing carbs out of your uh, diet completely, uh, breads and flour-based foods, root vegetables, potatoes, sugar, starches, all this kind of stuff, uh, Adkins, South Beach, pa- uh, Paleo, um, Caveman, kind of other low-carb regimens. And then we've got um, diet retreats as well. So in 1830, Sylvester Graham, inventor of the Graham Cracker, uh, wrote that fat is bad for your health and makes you corrupt morally and sexually promiscuous. That is an interesting reach, but um, he advised parents to teach temperate eating as a matter of morals. So Graham led health retreats, preaching vegetarianism, uh, vegetarianism, not 
whatever I just said, and the avoidance of tea, coffee, tobacco, and alcohol. You're an insane person, Sylvester. I don't want to avoid any of that stuff. Well, maybe tobacco, but all right. So that's kind of where we jump into all of the uh, scams, basically, when we look at, uh, you know, um, we talk about uh, like steam room, like little steam rooms that women would sit in for like five hours a day just to, you know, remove that water weight. We talked about like you'd... We, we could see in this, these eras where you can put your feet on this vibrator and it just kind of vibrates the fat off. Obviously, we didn't have a good uh, medical study on um, what fat was, what um, a metabolic system is, what are some um, things that can speed up your immunity, what, are, what do you need a balance of, what are vitamins, what are minerals, what are all these things. But um, we did look into some of these... Um, the weird diet fads. Uh, one of them is Fletcherism, uh, which, which was a craze in the United States and England around 1905 through the 1930s. So uh, many famous and intelligent people were Fletchers, including J.D. Rockefeller, Franz Kafka, um, John Kellogg, and Henry James. So the year was 1903, right around the time big insurance companies began rating uh, policyholders based on their Weights. So Horace Fletcher, an art dealer in San Francisco, was too fat to qualify for insurance. So he invented his own weight loss plan. He lost 40 pounds by chewing every mouthful 32 times or once for each tooth and then spitting out the rest. So later he... Uh, this just sounds so ridiculous. Later he refined the Fletcher method by chewing until the food is completely liquid or at least 100 times. So he took pride in the fact that he only pooped twice a month and his was no more offensive than wet clay and had no more odor than a hot biscuit. I totally um, am appalled by that. That is so, that is so weird to describe uh, one's expulsions as so. So munching parties came into fashion when people stood around and counted their jaw movements until they got to 100, which sometimes took as long as five minutes. Wow. People... Uh, and apparently, uh, Scientific American published a study done in China that proved people eat 12 times less if they chew their food more intently. So maybe he was kind of onto something. I think he really, you know, pardon the pun, ran with it, you know, despite his size. So that's kind of uh, where it all started. All right. So let's get into some of the telltale signs that your diet is a scam. It's not going to help you. And if it does, it's going to just help you for a short amount of time. And it's not going to be beneficial to a lifestyle change. So you've probably tried maybe one, maybe a friend came up to you and was like, Hey, I need a buddy to do this juicing cleanse with me. And you're like, all right, well, I mean, what, you know, sure. Okay. You're a friend of mine. Want to do it two days into it you're choking each other, you know, because you're, you need some solid food in you. So that's kind of the thing is a lot of these people maybe get into these because they're sold something through a, a commercial, very, very good commercial with beautiful people, uh, before and after photos, fake ones probably, um, or a friend, you know, just trying to get you in on it because they're either part of an MLM or they are, 
you know, they just need an accountability partner, which nothing wrong with that. But I think you guys will, uh, you know, that's two brains that are probably being starved. And, you know, one of you guys, I think are going to call it out. So here are some of the key signs. They tell you that you won't need to exercise. So losing weight is a combination of healthy eating and regular exercise. There's no way around that. If a diet or program is telling you that you will shed a large amount of weight without ever having to hit the gym or do some sort of physical activity, it is a scam, okay? There's no way that you will lose weight by sitting on your couch all day unless you literally starve yourself and in which you are depraving your body of actual nutrients that'll give you you know, health overall. Remember, just because you're thin does not mean you're healthy. Okay, so they tell you that you can still eat whatever you want. You know, you've seen these, whether it's uh, pills, it's powder, okay? There's companies out there that claim to have some magic pill that allow you to eat whatever you want and still lose weight. These pills are fake. If you want to lose weight, you have to make smart food choices. Food, food choices make up like 80% of weight loss, okay? You can't just pop some magic pill and go out and eat an entire pizza and hot fudge sundae and thinking, uh, you know, oh, bitch. You know, this pill is going to negate that. It's silly. It goes against biology. So they promised to change the way your body absorbs fat and calories. This was huge. Um, if you've ever heard of Alestra back in like the 90s, it was this like, oh, man, you'll just poop out all your fat, you know, all the fat that you consume. And it ended up like giving people, oh, raging, raging um, IBS, like Raging, like to the point of unhealthiness, going to the hospital. So it's not possible. And products that claim to do this are definitely lying to you. Your body is going to absorb fat and calories the way it knows how. There's no magic pill, powder, or drink that can completely avoid your body of absorbing fat and calories. It's not how the body works. It's foolish. Okay. Another one is they promise quick results. It's not good to have quick results when we're talking about diets or fat loss because your body has to change. Okay, if you do lose 50 pounds in a month, it's super unsafe. Your skin doesn't know how to react. Um, your body is just incapable of doing that because your body wants to survive. It's surviving off of these, maybe the fat that you have stored. You got to let your body do its work in a you know, a safe amount of time. So that's really, really important. Uh, when they promise quick results, no. You can get toned maybe quick, but you cannot lose a tremendous amount of weight very quickly. It's just not how the body works. So they claim to work for everyone. That's another one is, oh, everyone, this is for everybody. They do that to maximize their audience. However, that's again, not everybody has the same metabolic rate. Not everybody has the same amount of weight. So no one diet pill or supplement can provide the same results to every body type or every gender of every age, okay? The diet program that do work are those that take your body style and lifestyle into consideration and they customize the plan specifically for you and your goals. So that's a huge one. That's why we have dietitians, we have nutritionalists, personal trainers, things like that. It's because they are there to help you uh, customize exactly your weight loss plan. That's huge. Okay. Another one, they promise to give your money back. Some companies say that they'll give you, uh, give you your money if you're not satisfied and they do this. So you'll be more inclined to buy it and try it out. But most of these companies will make the process of getting your money back. So time consuming and involved, they'll just end up giving up on trying to get your money back. Okay. 
So unfortunately, we do live in a world where there are plenty of diet scams, and this is never going away. Okay, they prey on millions of people, and that's the idea, is that it keeps going. I know this podcast episode isn't going to help with that, um, but you know, if maybe you're listening to this and you're considering um, getting some sort of optimizer for your metabolic rate, but uh, or some quick loss plan, and maybe this is talking you out of it because it is all scams. It takes hard work. It takes determination. It takes discipline. It takes knowledge. It takes knowledge of what your body needs and um, how much it needs of that. So that's huge. So guys, that is it for this episode. And I'm glad you guys are here listening to this. Um, Remember, if you guys want to contact me, I've got a faked podcast, uh, F-A-K-D podcast at gmail.com. And you can write to me. You can suggest maybe something that I've missed or maybe even correct me. You know, there's no problem there. I'm always up to be corrected, of course. So Guys, remember, with faked items, there are those that produce them, those that purchase them, and those that listen to this podcast. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.